0: Coming up on Blue Rush, the Giants went with offensive tackle Andrew Thomas out of Georgia with the fourth pick. Did they make the right choice? We hear from Thomas himself, break down Dave Gettleman's decision, and look ahead to who Big Blue might take the rest of the draft with Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz. All that and more next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to a special post-first-round edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside the star of the show, longtime New York Post football columnist, Steve Serby. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, where you can rate us five stars and write a nice review. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Paul Schwartz drops by in the second half of the show, but let's get right into this pick, Serby. All right, Steve Serby, the New York Giants have made their pick. They went with Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, the offensive tackle. I know I was surprised. I thought they really should have went with you know Wills or, or Becton or Werfs. They went with the fourth guy on my list. I know you had Thomas originally in your original one of your six mocks, but what's your evaluation of the pick?
1: Yeah, I had Thomas in my very first mock, then I switched to Werfs. then I switched to Wills, and I stayed with Wills, but Thomas is a left tackle. He can play both sides, but I think part of the thinking, other than the fact that Giants rave about how long his arms are, is the fact that they want him to be their left tackle of the future, if not the present, because Nate Solder uh, has not done the job, and they could either have Thomas compete with Solder, and if he beats him out, he'll start at left tackle as a rookie, otherwise, and move Solder to the right side. Otherwise, they could plug in, and thomas on the right side they had him obviously rated as their number one tackle you go throughout the league everybody had a different rating for each of the four the big four i call them the core four wills werfs thomas and uh, the big fella makai becton who went to the jets beauty's in the eye of the beholder the giants are convinced that they have their left tackle for the next decade
0: how do you see it playing out do you think it's gonna be soldier moving over or do you think thomas is the right and soldier stays in love because let's be real soldier's been a huge bust so far and the giants paid him a ton of money but with that being said he's had a good career with the patriots and he does have a good track record in week one how do you see it playing out and is it a guarantee you know he's got to work to start but i mean our expectation is you're the fourth pick you're starting on one side or the other
1: oh yeah they they of course they they drafted him to start they like this uh undrafted free agent from a couple of years ago, Nick Gates. And they've got Cameron Fleming, uh, a free agent for the right side. So they'll they'll compete in training camp if we have a training camp. And uh, that's a big if, of course. And uh, the best man wins. But one of those three will be a- Andrew Thomas.
0: And Fleming gives them kind of a nice backup option now. And Now we look at the offensive line. It sure has improved. I do think they still need a center. I know a guy you were really high on ended up going in the first round in Cesar Ruiz, who could have been an option in the second round for the Giants, but he is gone and you know, deservingly so. He's a starter uh, has an expectation of being a starter in the NFL for years to come. Right now, it's Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Spencer Pulley, Kevin Zeitler, and Andrew Thomas left to right. Do you feel confident if you're Daniel Jones, do you feel confident in Saquon Barkley going behind that offensive line right now? Does it look a lot better than it did a couple of days ago?
1: Yeah, it'll it'll look even better if they can get a blue chip center. Their, uh, John Jalapio is still rehabbing, recovering from his Achilles injury. Spencer Pulley, obviously, is, is, is the backup. They like both of them, but they could use a young center to start. They got this kid Hennessy from New Jersey, from Temple, is it? I believe, yeah, from Temple, and uh, this kid Cushenberry. Those are two possibilities for the Giants in the second round. And But they, look, the pick of Thomas, I wrote to the, in, in the New York Post on Friday, the pick of Thomas improves three positions. The position where he'll end up left or right tackle it improves it helps Daniel Jones if you want Daniel Jones to take a second year leap you better have some protection for him of course this comes a year too late for Eli Manning but uh that's another story but this is the kind of rebuilding of the offensive line that Dave Gettleman promised and vowed he would make he vowed to fix the offensive line when he arrived and now he's doing it and there's more work to be done but three positions were upgraded left or right tackle depending on where Thomas plays, franchise quarterback, and running back, Saquon Barkley. Two years of Saquon's career have basically been wasted on losing teams. So it's time to get him on his path to Canton, and this will help do it.
0: And two of the centers that you mentioned available are actually two of people's favorite things to do during a pandemic. That's Cushionberry and Hennessy. Uh, A lot of people are partaking in both while they're trapped inside uh, with nothing else to do.
1: Sounds like you are.
0: (laughs) I've actually never drank Hennessy.
1: But you've drank everything else.
0: (laughs) Believe it or not, I'm kind of like a, not, I can drink a good amount, but like I am a Bud Light, Blue Moon, Cranberry Vodka, Vodka Soda guy, and like green tea shots. And I get made fun of that because I'm not like a hard drinker. Like I can't do, like I, I've done tequila shots and it doesn't end well. So I can only imagine Hennessy is not going to end well. I don't know how people drink it. I've, I've tried it and I almost threw up immediately. So hopefully the Giants don't throw up if they do draft him. He is the third best center on the board left, Lloyd Cushenberry, as well as Tyler uh, Beata, out of Wisconsin so you know the Giants get an offensive lineman you're right it might not be the sexy pick he's a Rock Nation sports guy uh, you can follow him on Twitter at allforgod underscore 55 a very religious fella
1: when you he plays the drums
0: he's a drummer oh wow drum yeah. line great movie uh,
1: and the piano
0: he might be a part of Rock Nation with Jay-Z soon enough they might be forming something that's a good place to be a part of especially in New York Rock Nation is obviously big here in the greatest city in the world with that being said and him you know not being the sexy pick and us thinking Wills might have been better. Would you have traded down if you were Dave Gettleman? I know he addressed this and he did field calls, but did did nothing happen
1: he tried just as uh, bob quinn from the lions tried but the problem was tua was viewed in some league circles as a major and most league circles as a as a major major risk a big gamble because of because of his hip because of his ankles because of his wrist and and the dolphins put up all these smoke screens that they were interested in justin herbert or maybe trading up for andrew thomas There wasn't a market for nobody was hot for one of those two quarterbacks, Tua or Justin Herbert. The Dolphins sat at five, knew they could, and take the quarterback of their choice. And then the Chargers took whoever was left over. Now, the Chargers must have felt strongly about both Tua and Herbert and the Chargers later on in the round traded up into the first round at 23 with the Patriots to get another first round pick. So they were not ready and willing to surrender draft assets to move up when they knew that the Giants weren't taking a quarterback in spite of the smoke screen coming out of uh, Camp Gettleman that uh, they've done a lot of homework on Justin Herbert. Nobody bought that one. Good try though by the Giants.
0: That would have broke the the internet i mean giants fans would have been fuming i mean last year they were already fuming that they took jones over the other guys available i mean imagine the internet and just the sports world if the giants took a quarterback
1: uh no i i, I couldn't quite imagine that but uh there was no way that was happening uh, unless unless joe judge wanted to alternate quarterbacks every quarter but uh yeah there, there was just no no demand for a, a trade-up for those for either of those two quarterbacks both the Chargers and the Dolphins knew they could sit tight and uh, draft the quarterback they wanted.
0: The Giants got to go center here. They have the fourth pick today, the 36th well, pick.
1: Also, they, they could also use a safety, and they could also use a big receiver. There's a, there's a few. T. Higgins is there.
0: But is now uh, the time Michael, to do it? Michael Pittman I, 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 think, is there. I think safety and center are such a bigger need. And while I love receivers, and we talk about a big receiver uh, class, there were five picked in the first round, I, I think – a bigger need for them is uh, getting a center or getting as you said a safety Xavier McKinney is an option I know Paul Schwartz who will join us in a couple minutes has talked a lot about him but if they can end up getting Cushionberry, you know it is early you know they can maybe get him later on and it could play a factor uh, the fact that they traded their third round pick they have the 99th pick later on but they did trade their own third round pick which could hurt them which you know they couldn't maneuver around and move up if they feel Cushenberry is about to be taken but you're right a Safety could be an option, so I would look at Cushenberry or McKinney if they're on the board. We'll find out. Um, they'll have the 36th, the 99th, 110th, one 183, and then fourth, seventh.
1: But Gettleman, Gettleman, I believe will try to trade down from thirty-six if he can. Really? Yeah, he, yeah, he could. He he doesn't want to. He'd rather not wait from thirty-six to ninety-nine to make the pick. So he could trade down unless there's a player they love at thirty-six. And,
0: and if you're not, you know, trusting in Spencer Pulley to be the starting center, I don't think. Uh, Cushenberry will be available at 99 I mean he is the best ranked center left on the board I just don't see him falling that far so listen if they can maybe trade 36 and move down you know 10 spots and maybe get him, I'm all for it and get another pick because listen they they have four seventh round picks and we know those guys usually uh, for the most part aren't starters in year one well
1: you've become quite the draft Nick huh <laughs> When is your when is your draft guide coming out? I mean, it's a little bit the draft already started. I mean, you better get that thing out.
0: My my thing will be titled "Cushionberry and Hennessy" uh, by Jake Brown. Uh, that would be my pandemic draft guide. Uh, how about the draft? We'll, we'll talk more about the Giants' picks with Paul Schwartz who's salivating to join us. He texted me, "I live to well, podcast." Most,
1: most people most people are salivating to join us. I know. I
0: wish more more women thought the same thing, <laughs> but unfortunately, still
1: having a problem still having a problem getting dates.
0: <laughs> date, so <laughs> It's not that. It's right now. Yeah, it's no one really wants to go near anyone, so it's kind of just FaceTime dates. Yeah, but dates you've and...
1: you've always had that problem.
0: <laughs> it's been a constant problem. I'll, I'll be thirty in a year and uh, still single. But g- give me till thirty-five. That's that's my my magic point of when I plan to be serious with someone.
1: I've met you. I'll take the over. <laughs>
0: All right, fine, 39. If if I'm single by 40, I mean, throw me in the river at that point. That's just a a lost cause by then. Speaking of river, we didn't get the river and uh, we didn't get the whole, you know, getting on a boat to the stage, but we did get some interesting things to happen in this first ever virtual draft. One of them was Roger Goodell was fumbling and stumbling and bumbling. Uh, First off, I thought that was super. I, I thought it was cool how they did boo the commish for charity with Bud Light and all that, but I feel like it was very corny in the beginning how he set that up. He, he is like a robot out there. And it's like, it, it reminds me of like Anchorman. It's like, whatever you put on the teleprompter, he's going to read it. And Roger Goodell fumbled, you know, that it was corny. He mispronounced, as Rick Ross did in this video that went viral, to a tongue of Viola. I, I wish I remembered how Rick Ross said it. He said, tonguey, tonguey Vola or something. But uh, we know he messed up Marcus Mariota a couple of years back. He said the Las Vegas draft would be in 2020. And right now it is 2020. It's clearly not there. So he struggled a bit.
1: Give the guy a break. I mean you think that was easy putting on a virtual NFL draft give, I, I give him credit for having fun to, for, for poking fun at himself and uh, stop nitpicking <laughs> during a during a pandemic I can't believe you. Let, let, let... Look, they gave us they gave us a night of entertainment that we sorely needed. So, you're upset cuz you can't you can't get your single and you can't get a date. <laughs> stop being stop being so bitter. Let, let let's thank thank the NFL for giving us that night.
0: Oh, believe me, I loved it. I mean, I wouldn't usually never watch an entire draft. I mean, it was long. It goes past midnight. Usually you complain you got work the next morning. Here I got work the next morning, but it's in my living room, so I don't I can't complain. I just thought he was a little tongue-in-cheeky a little bit. But listen, the big story of the night there was a couple of them one of them how about you know there is an open door bathroom policy at the rabel house I, I think that was maybe his son but in the background first you have someone that looked like the freeze that braves marathon runner dude who runs on the warning track and then behind him if you zoom in it's i guess his son clearly with an open door on the toilet taking a dump how does no, that happen
1: no, no no he was apparently he was just sitting on a stool <laughs>
0: I mean, his pants looked down. I don't know if that was a stool or what. It looked like it was in a mirror reflection because it didn't look like a bathroom back there. So maybe you're right, it was a stool. That's what they say, but it was a while. That was like the picture that broke the internet last night. You know, In a virtual draft, you got to look for fun things and viral things. The other thing was CeeDee Lamb ripping the phone away from, I guess, his girlfriend or or whoever that was. I guess he had two phones, and as soon as she grabbed it, he's like, give me that back. Uh, So that was another thing. But uh, what, what were your thoughts besides Goodell on this virtual draft?
1: Hey, I thought it was compelling. I wish we could have uh, a draft every night. You know, how many how many classic replays can we watch, right? But there were some surprises. The the uh, the Packers trading up for Jordan Love was a huge surprise, uh, and probably a huge surprise to Aaron Rodgers as well. Most people thought that they were going to try to make one last run with uh, A Rod, uh, A Rod the football player, not A Rod the prospective Mets buyer. But and, and get and get Aaron Rodgers another receiver to go opposite Devon. Adams. They opted for uh, Jordan Love from Utah State, who's a project and is going to have to sit maybe as long as Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. So that was a surprise, and they lost ground. The the Packers lost ground because the Vikings did very well getting Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver, with the 22nd pick, and of course the Lions with uh, Jeff Okuda. And uh, well, the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, but if, if they can, if they can get something out of Nick Foles and beat out who to beat out Mitch Trubisky. That'll be an upgrade for them. But that was the surprise. And, of course, Tua. I thought Tua would fall. Uh, in my mock draft, I had him falling to 18 to the Dolphins. Oh, by the way, I got 11 direct hits. How about that?
0: Imp- you should have gambled. You should have won some money off of that. That was a personal record for me. That's that's impressive. I, was, uh, I felt like I got, like, three, and then the rest were
1: wrong. Yeah, and, of course, Bill Belichick traded out of the first round. He always does. The Cowboys lucked out with C.D. Lamb, he wasn't supposed to drop to 17. That's a that's a nice a nice bonus for Dak Prescott if he ever signs, which he will. The, the Eagles surprised me picking Jalen Rigor. I thought they'd pick uh, Justin Jefferson there, but they I guess they felt they wanted more speed, so they got the uh, the, the a smaller, more of a gadget kind of receiver. The 49ers, of course, replaced DeForest Buckner with Javon Kinlaw. And the Chargers, Chargers trading back up. They got their quarterback of the the future and Justin Herbert. And then they traded back up and they got a uh, sideline to sideline linebacker in Kenneth Murray that gives them blue chippers at every level of their defense. The two pass rushes, Bosa and Ingram and Derwin James in the back end. And now Kenneth Murray, uh, a linebacker. That's a formidable defense the Chargers are putting together.
0: Yeah, the Chargers had a great draft and I love what the Niners did because I thought the Niners should have got Jerry Judy and gave Jimmy G a target. But guess what? They went and got a defender for cheaper after losing Buckner and then they traded to get a receiver uh, in the first round so they got the best of both worlds so a good first round for the defending uh, NFC champs and I I agree the big story was Jordan Love I mean this is a Packers team that is desperately needs playmakers that Aaron Rodgers said on Pat McAfee shows we haven't got a you know a skill set player in like over a decade 15 years in the first round and this is their chance in a receiver filled draft to get one and what do they do they get a quarterback I mean Rodgers has to be pissed I'm sure he'll say all nice to the But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm furious that, you know, you get no playmaker for him. They already put him around almost no one. Yeah, Valdez, Scantling, whatever. But there are so many receivers in this draft, and listen, they're, they're going to get one. I mean, at some point, whether it's T. Higgins or someone. But this was a time where they really should have got a playmaker.
1: The, the receivers, there's so many receivers, they obviously figure they can get one in the second round. I'm sure I'm sure they have a bunch of these receivers Great, have, with similar grades. They'll get one. There's no doubt in my mind they'll get one yeah that, that, that was a shocker and they traded up for him when they probably i would guess could avoid it they traded from 30 to 26 now in my mock draft i had them picking jordan love at 30 i don't know why they feared the teams ahead of them but you know, why Seattle now gonna...
0: it, it's like why now Serby? it's like one get a quarterback with jake from whoever in a later round or get someone next year i mean aaron Rodgers isn't really close to done yet you figure he's got three years left i know it's nice to have a quarterback learn behind him but this guy's not going to play for at least three years
1: well we don't know that we don't know that look if ernie accorsi uh, taught us years ago when he drafted eli manning if you have a conviction on a quarterback you take him obviously the packers had a conviction on jordan love and they feared somebody jumping them i don't know if they had any kind of intel that we don't know about but they wanted this guy if he has to sit two years he'll sit two years but uh he'll have to sit he's not ready jordan love is a project he is not ready to start and they can only hope Aaron Rodgers becomes a mentor to him for two years because I don't see him getting on the field for two years
0: yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a few years at the very least before we get to Paul Schwartz let's hear some of what the Giants fourth pick Andrew Thomas had to say after getting picked when he spoke to Giants draft night live with Bob Papa Carl Banks
2: and Sean O'Hara can you share with the uh, Giants fans what they can expect in terms of your athleticism and, and your passion for the game? Uh, just someone who's going to give it their all. Um, I love the game of football. It's something I've been doing for a long time. I'm excited to you know better my craft and do what I can to make the team better.
3: Any inclination yet? And do you have a preference as to which side you would possibly play?
2: No, sir, I, I'm not sure yet, Um, but I'm just ready to get to work. Uh, wherever they put me, um, that's where I'm going to play. Um, I really don't have a preference, just trying to do my best to get on the field. The level of competition <laughs> at the left tackle in the SEC, is that something that really helped you prepare to have this moment? Definitely. I think the SEC is the um, best uh, conference in college football. Uh, week in and week out, you're going against each team's best rusher. They're very talented, and you have to be in your game. Um, obviously, it's not the NFL, but I think it's a good stepping stone uh, moving up to the next level. What
3: are you thinking of when— when I say the words you're going to be blocking for one Barkle.
2: Also back, I'm, so I'm all around good player. Um, I'm excited to get to work with him. What was
3: that transition like for you, obviously as a true freshman, coming into Georgia, starting at right tackle, and then transitioning over to left tackle? Was that tough for you? Did you find that it came naturally to you? Or did you have to work at it? Uh,
2: I think it was a mix of both. Um, once I understood the scheme, the playbook all the way, um, making the transition, you know, wasn't too hard for me. It's just understanding your technique on both sides, but I feel like the transition isn't too hard.
3: You have a tackle that you love to watch film on in the NFL or somebody that you kind of, you emulate your game after, or, or maybe, uh, maybe a favorite tackle that maybe you have a jersey of.
2: Um, when I was younger, I used to watch uh, Tyron Smith. I'm um, growing up in, um, I was a fan of Orlando, Orlando Pace, even though, you know, he played before and I was real young. Can you talk a little bit about that? The fact that you were a basketball player in high school and, mm-hmm. and did that help you in terms of your athleticism at the tackle position? Uh, definitely Um, on the basketball court, being a big man, you have to have great feet, um, great lateral quickness. Uh, and that definitely translates, you know, just having, you know, that lateral quickness and being able to move your feet um, at will.
0: And joining us now to break down the Giants fourth pick of Andrew Thomas as Giants beat writer for the New York Post. You can read his stories in the post and at nypost.com. You can follow him on Twitter at nypost underscore Schwartz. It is Paul Schwartz. Paul, let's get right to the nitty gritty. They went with Andrew Thomas over Wirfs, over Beckton,
3: over Wills. What's your evaluation of the pick? Uh, my evaluation is they needed an offensive tackle. I, I was pretty strong in my conviction they were not going to take Isaiah Simmons, Clemson linebacker, and that they were going to take an offensive tackle. So then it was a matter of which one. um, I felt strongly it was not going to be Becton. Um, I did not feel strongly it was going to be Andrew Thomas, but I didn't feel strongly it was not going to be. I kind of Lump Thomas a little bit further down early in the draft process, but uh, the closer we got to the draft and the more people I talked to, you know, when I mentioned Thomas as well, maybe he's like the second or third guy. Uh, People said to me, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, He's a classic left tackle. Uh, What the Giants like about him best is 6'5". You know, his arms, his wingspan is actually longer than Mekhi Becton's, who is a, you know, physical freak at six foot seven. So this guy's arms are long. He is a left left tackle. You know, is his upside as great as some of the other guys? You know, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea about that. But uh, the Giants liked him slightly better than Tristan Wirfs of um, Iowa. Uh, I think those were the guys they had one, too. I'm sure about that. Uh, they think Wörfs definitely projects to be a tackle. They just think Thomas is a little cleaner and a little longer arm Dave Gettleman kept on talking about arm length last night. I think that's why he was the choice.
1: What does this mean for Nate Solder?
3: Heavy drinking, I would suppose.
1: (laughs) No, that's Jake. That's Jake.
3: Yeah, well that's that's uh that, that unless the Giants passed on the pick, it would have been heavy drinking for Jake, I would suppose. Solder is is back on the team. Uh, you know, this doesn't mean he's going to get cut. Uh, I think they would it would cost them about 13 million in uh dead cap money to cut the guy. Uh admittedly, uh by Dave Gettleman, he did not come off a good year last year. Uh he was banged up a little bit, but you know, they're paying him a lot of money. He's got to play better. There's two ways to go here. Moving Nate Solder to right tackle is a recipe for problems. He's been a left tackle in the NFL. He struggled last year. Now you're going to move him in his 10th year to a new side, to a new spot. He's got to get acclimated. I don't like that. Now there's a a school of thought to be said, look, Andrew Thomas has played left tackle at Georgia. Let's keep him at left tackle. Let's keep him comfortable. I'm not so sure. I mean, you could do that, but I'm not so sure that's the right way to go. Andrew Thomas played right tackle for a whole season two years ago at Georgia. So I think you start him at right tackle. You keep Nate Solder at left tackle. You see how that looks. And then you know what? You reassess in 2021. If Solder played well, you keep it that way. If Solder did not play well, you get rid of him and you move Andrew Thomas over.
0: What do you think of Andrew Thomas, Paul, the person? I know we just heard audio from him. He's very quiet. He's a very religious guy. He's joined with Rock Nation Sports, which is always a good look. But what what should Giants fans expect from him, the person? He seems like a,
3: a quiet fellow. Well I think um uh, for me to sit here um you know uh, hours after they picked him and say I know him as a person would be uh, silly I don't know him as a person there's no red flags about him as a person yeah he came off quiet uh you know he's doing zoom conference calls and he's you know he has cameras in his in his house you know so uh I'm not sure he's a big personality and you know what left tackles should not be big personalities they should be big blockers and big uh, run blockers and they should be uh, let the quarterbacks and the running backs and the other guys be the big personalities so, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing against him as a, as a, uh, as a personality and, um, uh, I'll get to know him and, and, and judge him on his personality after that.
1: Well, Paulie, uh. He plays the drums. I don't. I don't know. Do you play the drums? I don't know if you do or not. Uh, no. Well, he'll be. That'll be part of his uh, rookie hazing. Uh, playing the drums at the uh, rookie show. He also plays the piano. But it, he seems like a real nice kid. Uh, I'll get to know him a little bit better, and I'll. Uh, I'll call Jake and let him know what kind of person he is. Uh, what do you look for now in uh, round two for the Giants?
3: Well, funny you should ask that. I just um, sent in a nice long story that will be posted on nypost.com shortly. That says you know every year. It's the same thing. The second round comes, you know, the first round goes, the second round is about to start. And people say, uh, you know, leading into this draft, Steve, I know you did this with your mock draft when you pick a guy, uh, maybe they can get in the second round. And they said, no way he'll get out of the first round. No way. And you say, people say that about 45 or 50 guys. And uh, last time I checked, only 32 go in the first round. So uh, there are guys on the board with first-round grades. There's no doubt about it. I think the Giants can go one of two ways here. I, I would think they will go for an edge player, an edge edge defender. Uh, you know, I know they like Zach Bourne of Wisconsin. And, um, you know, he had a uh, 12.5 sacks last year, 19.5 tackles for loss. I mean, he will not be on the board long. Yetor Gross Matos, I'm not sure I'm saying that exactly right from Penn State but he's a a pretty highly regarded edge guy. He had um, 17 and a half sacks the last two years at a major conference. Um, A.J. Epinesa from Iowa, I'd be a little surprised maybe, but I think, you know, he's a guy that will go off the board quickly. Also, there was not one safety drafted in the first round, not one. So the two best safeties are still sitting there. Xavier McKinney from Alabama, Grant Delpit from LSU. I think the Giants could take a safety. Uh, Right now they have uh, Jabril Peppers and they have Julian Love, a rookie last year who started five games. I think they could take a safety who would probably start for them day one. So that's a way to go. Uh, if they really want to double up on the offensive line, they can take a center, Matt Hennessy, Tyler Biotish of Wisconsin, Hennessy's from Temple, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, probably more of a third round guy from LSU. You know, then you're really doubling up and saying we got a starting left tackle and a starting center. And, you know, that's your hog Molly heaven for Dave Gettleman, but you know, maybe they can get one on a third round or, you know, I think defense is probably a bigger need. And one last one, you know, wide receiver, right? I mean, uh, you know, I don't think it's the, a glaring need. Uh, you know, you have three guys already, but you know, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr., Chase Claypool. I mean, there are guys out there who people like would not shock me, but it would surprise me.
0: Do you think? And, and you mentioned Cushionberry and Hennessy. Me and Servi we were talking about those being some people's favorite activities during the pandemic. Right now, with nothing else to do, do you think at ninety nine? Remember, the Leonard Williams trade hurts them because they lose that pick. They still have a third, but after thirty six, it's all the way at ninety nine. Is there a chance that? Uh, Cushionberry or Hennessy falls that far and the Giants maybe get McKinney and one of those two and two guys that could
3: potentially start in year one well there's a chance I mean uh, you know going waiting 62 picks is is not easy I mean that's the wheelhouse of this draft people say there's a lot of depth a lot of spots and that when that draft really manifests itself so the Giants wouldn't mind trading down from 36 uh, you know if, if there's a if they can trade down two or three picks and they are there is two or three guys who they look at on the board and say you know what it's uh, six of one half a dozen of the other with these guys. We can take uh, either of these edge guys, take the safety. There's four spots we can pick, and we can go down three spots. If someone wants to come up a few spots, and they just gotta have one of these guys, that would be what they would uh, love to see, the Giants. Then they can reclaim a, a player higher in the third round, and you get two for the price of one. That's not easy. You know, I, I think these uh, these trades this year uh, with remote access to everybody are difficult. Uh, Dave Gettleman said there was very little action at number four some discussion but nothing serious about trading down from four you know a lot of people said yeah we like andrew thomas but they should have traded down well they couldn't trade down so that's a it's a silly argument they couldn't trade down there wasn't any action there were were not a lot of trades um you know no trades in the top what uh uh, half of the first round so you know look anytime jake anytime you you don't take a guy at two at 36 and then your next pick is 99 you know that you're going to get your heart broken a few times you just have to you know take out like a man and and move on, because there's there's very likely a chance that a lot of these guys the Giants have in a cluster won't be there at 99. That's just the facts.
1: Paul, what what did you think of the uh, pathetic uh, reaction on Twitter to Dave Gettleman wearing his mask?
3: Not surprised. I mean, Twitter is a lot of that. You know, social media is a lot of that. I mean, think of it, guys. When is the last time something happened in the world, sports, politics, life, anything, and... You go on social media, and the first hot take reactions are positive, are great, are wonderful, terrific love this. You know what I mean? Uh, Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. So look, Dave Gettleman is everyone's punching bag now. And, you know, Jake, you just mentioned that, you know, the trade for Leonard Williams. Did I love that trade? No. Do I think it's a disaster? No. But you want to get on Dave Gettleman for that trade? You can. It's fair. It's, It's definitely fair. So, you know, certain kinds of criticism is fair. No question about it. You know, can we kind of poke fun at Dave Gettleman for his crotchety, you know, old Boston Jewish kind of, you know, way of going about things? Sure. You know, we want want to have some fun with him being an older guy sitting in his house, you know, not being able to find his Wi-Fi password, you know, and having the draft go by without him. You know, that's not my cup of tea, but it's not you know, it's not, you know, pathetic. It's, you know, it's the way you want to go. Fine. But Dave Gettleman is a punching bag right now. So, you know, he puts on a mask and people say, why the heck is this old fart putting on a mask? And, you know, people have to think before they react. And um, usually they don't. I mean, the guy is a cancer survivor. He had chemotherapy two years ago. You know, I think we all should know during this pandemic is People at risk can't be too careful. And, um, you know, he, like every GM in the league, had an IT guy either on site or in a, a van outside or, you know, ready and willing and able to help. Uh, these guys would just not put on an island and said, okay, you know, have at it, go have fun at your draft. And, and you know, the IT guys are safe at home under their covers. That's why Dave Gettleman put on a mask. And, uh, Steve, I'm sure you weren't, you know, you were appalled by it. But, look, when he does that and that's on TV, just check Twitter and there's going to be a lot of silly things written about him and it was, you know, it was it was debunked pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, it's still, it's sad to see. Well,
0: yeah, I, I don't think people realize that there was an IT guy in the room with him. And that's why people kind of laughed. But there was a guy right there with him at times who's probably helping him with his computer or whatever he's doing. So the people who were responding, I don't think realize that. I'm more bothered when people who are alone with their car windows up in their car and they're driving and wear the mask. At that point, you could breathe a little bit. I have trouble wearing this thing all day. I, I give credit to people who wear that thing. I try and stay inside just for the fact that I hate wearing the mask. People driving their car solo with the windows up you could breathe a little bit and take the mask off then but you know chemo 69 years old chemo two years ago an it guy in the room it all adds up paul schwartz it all adds up when you join us for podcasting i know you live and breathe for it and we'll talk to you one final time to close the first season of blue rush on monday after the giants finished their uh many seventh round selections including Mr. Irrelevant. Appreciate you coming on.
3: One final time. What are you talking about? What the heck else do you have to do? Let's go. Let's do one of these once a week. There's plenty plenty to talk about, right? Come on, Steve, right? There's plenty to talk about.
1: <laughs> Let's do it every day. Why not? Every day. Well, oh, no,
3: <laughs> no. See, that's where you go over the line there. You always take it to the next degree. I think once a week, the three of us get together, talk Giants football. What else? What other sports are we talking about now? That is
0: true. I, I don't know about Memorial Day. There's going to be much to talk about then Hopefully by that time, we have some baseball go. I am dying without baseball, without baseball weather. Um, I need baseball
1: back badly. So, Hey, hey one nice. last thing, a, a, a shout out to all the first responders and frontliners. Yes. right?
0: Yes. They, I mean, incredible what they're doing i'm telling you wearing the mask alone is incredible but what they're doing just going to work every day and even the risk of taking the train and however you commute to work is a risk especially here in new york so uh you know the 7 p.m chance out the window is well deserved for all the first responders who are really saving a lot of lives right now
3: well when i go outside just to go out to the bagel place or go shopping with my mask and my gloves you know, I'm looking around and, you know, I'm very careful. And then as soon as I get home, I take everything off and I'm kind of like, you know, I hope I, I hope I did a good job there. So I cannot imagine going into the, uh, the lion's den like these people are doing. So, you know, they need to do it. God bless them. And, um, uh, you know, that's why, um, you know, in all sports, we don't send players out in wars in sports. We don't send players out without the right equipment. So these people at the very least need all the right and best equipment so they can do their job and help protect us.
1: Hey, Paul, next time you go out and get some bagels, do, do you deliver?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll come down. I'll, I'll drive down and uh, put it on your doorstep. I'll do that. Sure.
1: Well, good. Because uh, I'll be cowering under my bed if you need me.
3: I'll do it. I'm telling you, I'll do it. You you will pick a tire and place. We'll, We'll do the drop off and uh, you've delivered food to my house, so I-, I I'll do it for you.
1: All right, and some cream cheese and lox with that too, if you don't mind.
3: Well, uh, give me your credit card number. <laughs> the bagels is one thing. Lox is uh is expensive, uh, you know. So give me your credit card number. I'll I'll do a and I'll charge you nothing for delivery. How's that?
1: That sounds good to me. It'd be good to see, it'd be good to see you again. I haven't seen you in ages. What's for- your hair
3: look like now, Steve?
1: It's uh, darker now.
3: Yeah, yeah. The that that gray uh, that gray um, dye you put in must be washing out, right?
1: I haven't been outside since. March sixteenth, so I, I uh, the sun is not making my hair any lighter.
3: Yeah, so you look you look like uh, you. How about shaving? Have you shaved?
1: Every few days, yeah, every few days.
3: Yeah, all right. Well, I'll I'll drop that bag and I won't. I I I'll just turn away. I don't know if I want to see what I'm uh, what you're yeah. coming out he at. he doesn't look like yet.
0: Deion Sanders, who looked like Uncle Drew last night. I mean, that man has aged like Castaway with Tom Hanks during this quarantine.
3: Well, look, there are yeah. some people who you don't want to see them when they stop shaving because all of a sudden it's like, where is all that white hair coming? from, right? I mean, shave that, shave that stuff off.
1: Yeah, I mean, after you drop off the bagels, while you're dropping them off, I need some disposable razors, too.
3: <laughs> okay, now you're pushing your luck. All right, Paul. We'll, we'll talk to you later. All right, guys. See you, stay Paul. Safe. <laughs>
0: That's a wrap for this episode of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Steve Serby for co-hosting the show, and thanks to Paul Schwartz for bringing his insight as usual. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're using Apple, rate us five stars and write a nice review, if you will. For Steve Serby, I'm Jake Brown. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you all Monday to recap the entire draft. We'll see you then.